You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 78, it is a, a passage here. I'm just going to deal with about the first nine or ten verses if we have time. I, I, I have got plenty more to say, but I think I'll just take the first section. This is a passage of Scripture that has to do with our responsibility concerning the truth, concerning God's Word. Notice verse number one. Give ear, O my people, to my, what's the word? Law. That's the Word of God. Verse uh, one, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Verse two, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which, verse three, those things, the law, the, the, the words of God, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. We're not going to hide uh, this book. We're not going to hide the, the truths of Scripture. We're not going to hide uh, the, 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 the truth of the Word of God from our children. No, quite the opposite. We need to share the truth with our children and we need to let them know and the generation to come, it says, the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He established a testimony. That's another word for the Bible, the law. He hath established a testimony and appointed a law which He commanded our fathers. Verse number six, that the generation to come might know them. Uh, we're not here teaching a Baptist creed. Uh, I'm not up here tonight uh, sharing some great ideas and some great tips for a better life. Friend, if that's all we've got to say, we might as well go home and flip through the channels or surf the web. But if we're here tonight, and I believe we are, because we want to hear from God. And we know that this is God's word and God's plan is the local church and God's plan is preaching and teaching the Bible, then we've got something to get. We've got something to learn. We've got a purpose for being here. We will, verse 6, that we should know them, uh, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. Verse 7, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Verse number 10, they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. Lord, help us as we look at your word tonight and as we, we begin Psalm 78. I pray that you would help us concerning the truth and concerning your word that we would recognize the responsibility that we have and the task that is before us to take the truth that we've been given and to pass it down to the next generation. I pray you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to go quickly tonight, but I want you to see, number one, the receiving of the truth. Receiving the truth or listening to the truth or it says to give ear to the truth. And uh, may we not ever get to the point where we think that we have arrived. You know, it's amazing to me that the more I talk to older Christians, the, I don't ever get an attitude of, oh, yeah, I know it all. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Oh, yeah, I've got it all figured out. Seems like when you talk to older Christians who've been down the road, you know what you sense? You sense even more of a hunger for the things of God. And you sense more of a desire for the things of God. And, and you sense an attitude of, hey, we don't know it all. And we don't have it all figured out. That's like if you were, if you were talking to parents. You know which parents have it all figured out? 
the ones who don't have children yet, and I understand they're not parents, but they're the ones that haven't figured out. The ones that have been parents longer, they're the ones saying, I need to know how to do this. I need to figure, because you know, the truth is we all need to learn. We all need to listen and we have a responsibility, number one, to receive the truth. Verse one, give ear, uh, listen. Listening has become a lost art. Most people do not listen uh, at work, uh, at school, at church, in the home. We must listen. He said, I know, I wish you'd talk to my children out there. I wish you'd tell, no, 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 I'm talking to us. As adults, and we joke, you know, us men, we joke about selective hearing and all that. But you know, it's true that more truth is spoken in jest. Sometimes we're guilty of that, aren't we? And here's what's scary is sometimes our selective hearing is true when it comes to the Word of God. If it's something we're already doing, good, yeah, I like that. I'll say amen to that. I'll nod my head to that. Yeah, that's good, pastor, thank you. But if it's something contrary to what we're doing, oh, we don't want to hear that. May God help us, number one, to receive the truth. Notice verse number two. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. That word dark, it literally means something that is obscure. I hope the Bible has not become obscure to you. I hope the Bible hasn't become old and, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh yeah, yeah, I was supposed to do that. I hope that we receive the truth of the word of God. Notice number two, the recognizing of the truth. It says in verse three, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We must recognize, we must discern the truth. You see, this book is nothing new. Um, how many of you in this room how many of you have been in church, some kind of church, faithfully, been in church somewhat for, for, for within the last, uh, uh, for more than five years, you've been in church for more than five years. Let me see your hands, okay? That's a lot of hands. Put them down. You know what is the, the warning for that crowd is we can tune out the truth. And we can think we know and we can think we've got it figured out and we don't really get in the Bible like we used to. I've read that before. Yeah, I have too. But you know what's true of the Bible? It's alive. It's powerful. And you need it every day. I need it every day. I need the truth. And we must recognize the truth that our fathers have told us. I'm thankful that there's been truth passed down to me from my pastor. And I'm thankful for truth passed down from my dad. I'm thankful for truth passed down from, from, from men of generations gone by. But we must recognize the truth. And we must not, um, we must not confuse the truth. What happened here, they stopped living by the truths. They uh, were not passing these truths down to the next generation. Something happened. There was, there was a, a, a block in the, 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 the channel, and we must recognize the truth. Number three, we must relate the truth. Notice what it says in verse four. We will not hide them from their children. That word hide, it means to conceal or to cut it off. And that's a very real danger that we face, that we've been given the truth Somebody passed it down to us, but we have a responsibility to pass it down to the next generation. And I don't want to be guilty of shutting it down or cutting it off, but I want to pass it on. The word showing there in verse 4, it says, showing to the generation to come. 
That word means to recount or relate. And I want to say number three, we have a responsibility to relate the truth. Somebody shared it with us. We have a responsibility to share it with the next person. We have heard it. We have known it. Our fathers have told us, but who is going to take the truth to the next generation? Sometimes we make the mistake and we just assume that the next generation already knows. Friend, I want to tell you, don't, don't make that mistake. Don't assume, oh, well, my kids have grown up in church and uh, my kids have been in Sunday school and my kids have been in junior church and so therefore they know all of these things. Friend, we must make sure that we pass it on and you got to be very careful. If we, were, uh, if we were doing the baton toss, and if I was coming down, and Gabriel, you want to stand up there, brother? And if we were coming down and we're doing the baton toss and I'm passing it off to Gabriel. Oh, sorry there, brother. He, he didn't get it. I don't, know, I don't know what his problem was. He didn't get the truth. Well, guess what? Wasn't his fault. It was my fault. And by the way, and this is a hymn book. I wasn't dropping a Bible, okay? I want you to make sure you see that. But when we've got the truth and we're doing an exchange well, we've got to be so careful and so diligent. And I know you don't do this in a race, but we're not talking about a race. We're talking about a life. Amen. And when it comes to a life, here's what I want to do. I want to make sure he's got it. As a matter of fact, once he's got it in his hand, I want to say, hey, I want, to, I want, I want, I want you to see this. You, you, you understand that there? Oh, I want you to see this truth, Gabriel. This is so good. Uh, my pastor taught this to me. Oh, this was so good. And I want you to see this truth. And, and we'll make sure you got it. Now, I want you to take it home. I want you to read it. And if you've got questions, I want you to ask me. I want you to ask your dad. I want you to ask your mom. This is, this is the truth, Gabriel. It's the word of God. Amen. And you see the care and the concern in transferring and relating something. And that is our responsibility as we are passing it to the next generation, as we are passing it to those that God has given us the privilege to help and to influence on a bus route or in a Sunday school class or in a master club or discipleship. I want to tell you, we have a precious responsibility to relate the truth, showing it to the next generation, recounting it to the next generation. We must teach not just our opinions, we must not teach our ideas, but we must teach the law, the truth, the word of God, what thus saith the Lord. Our children need to know what to believe, but they also need to know why we believe it. They need to see it in scripture. And I, I realized that there, there was a time when I was growing up where my mom and dad would tell me what to do. And I would, and I would ask, and I should not have, but I'd say, well, how come? <laughs> my dad would say, because I said so you heard that too didn't you my dad must have read the manual you know and uh and your dad read the same manual but you know i've used that with my kids so many times but you know as our girls get older they should obey because dad or mom says so but there's going to come a time when dad and mom aren't going to be around and there's going to be a time when they're going to need to know that their beliefs are not just mom and dad's beliefs, but their beliefs are founded on the word of God and their beliefs are personal. We must relate it. We must pass it down. Our children need to know what we believe and why we believe it. And while teaching the truths of the word of God, we must not fail to recount or to relate the praises of the Lord. Notice what it says in verse number four. We will not hide them from their children, showing 
to the generation to come. Now, we're not hiding the truths of the Word of God. We're not concealing them. But showing to the generation to come, notice what it says, the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. Now, here's what's, here's what's lacking sometimes. We will say to our children, you better do what's right and you better obey and you better not do this and you better... And, and, and we, we, we pass down the law, so to speak. We lay down the law but we fail to show the praises, the goodness, the answers to prayer, the miracles. We, we fail to show the blessings of God. Sometimes we say, hey, if you disobey, God's going to strike you dead. Well, yeah, and that may happen. But let's not forget the flip side. There's a, a curse for disobedience, but there's a blessing for obedience. And we must show the, our children what God has done. It says uh, the, uh, the, the praises. That, that's another word for hymns or, or songs of praise. Uh, that's why I love singing. Uh, I love singing songs in church. And uh, our, our children need to, to, to know what it is to sing and to praise God. And His strength, that's His mighty, mighty power. His wonderful works that He hath done. Our children need to know that anything good in our lives is all because of God. Any blessings is all because of what God has done. Let there be no mistake. Anything good in my life or your life is not because of us. It is all because of God. God did it. We must show. We must declare. We must relate. We must recount the goodness of God to the next generation. In order to recount something, you must be able to tell others what God has done for you and not just what God has done for somebody else. Now, I'm thankful. I've had some, some great men of God in my life. I've had some great women of God in my life who've taught me and who've told me about things that God has done for them. But you know, my children... The, the young people in this church, the members of this church, they don't just need to hear about what God did for somebody I knew. They don't just need to hear about answers to prayer for, yeah, somebody, you know, way back then I read this in a book and this was really good. You know what they need? They need to know what God has done for me. And they need to know what God has done for you. And when God does something great in your life, when God answers prayer, tell people about it. Show your children, say, this is what God did. God healed, God delivered, God rescued, God met the need, God paid the bill. God answered prayer and show the mighty works of God and what he has done. By the way, it says his wonderful works and everything that God does is wonderful. Everything that God does is mar marvelous. God is a wonderful God. His name shall be called Wonderful. His name is wonderful. We have a wonderful, wonderful Savior. Verse 5, he established a testimony in Jacob. He appointed a law, a law which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known. Verse 6, that the generation to come might know them. Even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children. In this passage, I see at least five generations. 
our fathers and us and the generation to come and their children and the children which should be born at least five generations uh, are given and we have to declare we have to recount the goodness of God notice in this passage here verse 6 that the generation to come might know them even the children which should be born who should arise and declare that word declare in verse number 6 is the same word as the word show in verse 4 means to relate or to recount and we must show the generation to come we must recount to the generation to come what God has done we must pass that baton and you know sometimes we don't pass the baton because we're not careful enough but sometimes we don't pass the baton because we don't have a good handle on it ourselves and that's where we must have a firm grip on the truth we must have a, a firm grip upon what God has given to us. And friend, don't take it lightly. Uh, don't set the Bible aside just because uh, the television has taken over your life. Don't set the Bible aside because sports is, you know, taken over. Don't set the Bible aside because of your hobby. We must hold on to the Bible and we must have a firm grip so we can make that transfer to the next generation. I see number four, remembering the truth very quickly. It says in verse number seven that they might set their hope in God. That's their confidence. And not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. I was, this past week, I was in California. That's where my wife and I, we attended college. It's where we worked for many years. And we were, I was with some friends, one of my friends, uh, uh, an assistant pastor in Illinois, and we, go, we were in high school together, and we were standing around one night, we were telling stories, and I said, oh, I said, do you remember this one? And uh, I understand why he didn't remember, because he was notorious for always doing crazy stuff. He did so much crazy stuff, he couldn't remember all the crazy stuff he did. Do you know anybody like that? How many of you are sitting next to somebody exactly like that? They've done so much crazy stuff that they can't keep track of it all. You know what I'm talking about? And it was funny, the things he could remember. And then he'd say, you remember this? And I'm thinking, man, I don't remember that. I can't remember that one. Friend, there may be some things you forget. And there may be some things you can't remember exactly. But don't ever forget God's goodness in your life. Don't ever forget the blessings. Don't ever forget the day you got saved. Don't ever forget what God saved you from. And don't ever forget how God has taken your family. God has worked a miracle in your life. And don't forget about salvation. And don't forget about heaven. And don't forget about the blessings of God. Remember the truth. But then I see number five quickly, the rejecting of the truth. It tells us in verse number uh, eight, that they might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that set not their heart aright. That word aright, it means they never got established. They never got steadfast. They never got grounded. And because of that, they became a rebellious and a stubborn generation. They rejected the truths of God. What a sad commentary. Verse number nine, we see the retreating from the truth. Now, verse nine, I think I'll end in verse number nine, not in the next minute or two, but in a few minutes, I'll end in verse number nine. I can see the runway and we're coming in for a landing here soon. Verse nine, it says, the children of Ephraim, 
being armed and carrying bows, they turned back in the day of battle. Now, now, now what is this talking about? Some Bible commentators, they believe this was talking about the children of Ephraim in the battles trying to get into the promised land. And there's a few references in Judges where this might have been possible. It says that the uh, children of Ephraim, they did not drive out the Canaanites like they were supposed to to inhabit the land. And that's possible. But there were other, other tribes that did that too. This, I believe, and some Bible scholars would agree with this, and I think this is probably the most accurate. I think this is the, probably our best guess. The children of Ephraim had in their, in their tribe, in their, their, their land, they had a city named Shiloh. Remember we talked about Shiloh this morning. That was the name of a person, the Messiah to come. But they had in their tribe, in their region, they had a city called Shiloh. And in 1 Samuel chapter 4, we find that that was where the ark of God was kept. And when the children of Israel went to battle against the Philistines, they called back to Shiloh and they said, Hey guys, we're in trouble. We need you to bring the ark of the covenant. And we're going to take the ark of the covenant. Now, you understand what the ark of the covenant was? That was where the, the tables of stone. That, with the, with, that were written with the finger of God, those were kept in there. That was where the, the rod of Aaron that budded, that miraculous rod, that's where that rod was kept. That's where those pots of the, the manna were kept there. The ark of God, that was the, the, the symbol of the presence of God. And that ark of God was, was nothing to take lightly. That was God's power and God's glory. And they bring out the ark of the covenant. It was a piece of furniture that they, they carried out into battle. And they thought that the ark of the covenant would guarantee a victory. They thought that if they brought the ark of the covenant out, that God was automatically going to have to show up and God was going to have to bless their endeavors. But that's not what happened. They brought the Ark of the Covenant out. The Bible tells us that the Philistines destroyed them and the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the children of Ephraim were the ones who were responsible with the safeguarding of the Ark of the Covenant. And Psalm 78, it appears that Psalm 78 gives us some commentary back into that event that the children of Ephraim, notice what it says in verse 9, these people that are responsible for the ark, these people that are responsible for the, the presence of God and the word of God and the glory of God, these people, they went into battle and they were armed. They had weapons. They had bows. They had arrows. They had ammunition. They had the tools necessary to fight. They had the tools necessary to be victorious. But notice what it says in verse 9. They turned back in the day of battle. They had the truth, but they retreated from it. And friend, I want to tell you this evening, we've been given the truth. We've been given the word of God. But can I tell you, we have been instructed that we are in a battle and if you don't believe you're in a battle, you need to wake up. 
and you need to smell the coffee or smell the roses or smell something, you need to wake up and realize that as Christians, we are in a battle. That's why Ephesians 6 tells us that we're to put on the whole armor of God. We've been given the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and the breastplate of righteousness, and the helmet of salvation, and the, 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 the girdle of truth, and the, uh, the, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, and the shield of faith. We've been given the armor because we're in a battle. And here's what's sad. Some Christians will go into battle and they're armed and they're prepared. They know what's right. They know what's true. They know what God wants them to do and they'll get in the battle and when the battle gets a little hot, when the battle gets a little intense or when the battle gets a little tough, they'll run and they will retreat. And you know who suffers the consequences when we retreat? Us, our children, our church, your Sunday school class, your bus route, your grandchildren, your co-workers, your neighbors. You used to stand for the truth and you used to fight for the truth and you used to love the Lord and you used to serve the Lord and then something happened and you say, I don't believe it anymore. It's not worth serving God anymore. It's not worth going to church anymore. It's not worth reading the Bible anymore. Friend, I want to tell you, that is not the time to run when the battle gets hot. That's the time to fight. Amen. And the children of Ephraim, they had bows. They had weapons. They had supplies. They had all that they needed to fight in the day of battle. But they turned back. They retreated from the truth. Can I tell you tonight, we are in a battle. And I wonder tonight, what are you going to do in the battle? What am I going to do in the battle? What are we going to do for the sake of our children? What are we going to do for the sake of our marriage? What are we going to do for the sake of our church? And by the way, our church is under attack. And I'd be worried if our church was not under attack because what we're doing here, Satan's not happy about people getting saved. Satan's not happy about the gospel getting out. He's not happy about your testimony. He's not happy about your life. Can I tell you, we're under attack. And so what do we do when we get under attack? Well, we can run and we can hide and we can quit. But friend, I want to tell you, why would we want to do that when we can have victory? Why would we want to do that when we've got the armor of God? Why would we want to run when we've got the sword of the Spirit? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.